Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 67 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everyone is well. And this week I am joined by Vit Sizzler of Charles Games. And he very kindly spoke to me about his award-winning game, Attentat 1942, which I reviewed last week. He also talks about what we can expect from the updates that they've made to the game. So they re-released the game just a few days ago. And he also speaks about their upcoming game and sequel to Attentat 1942, Svoboda 1945. So... Uh, with that, here is my interview. Please enjoy. Uh, so this week I am joined by Viet from Charles Games, the developer of Attentat 1942, and you're working on Zoboda 1945. Well, I hope I got the pronunciation right on those. Um, so hello, Viet. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. So uh, thank you for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to talking to you and hearing more about your games that they're really really interesting games that I, I think well just about everybody should be playing uh, as far as I'm concerned um, but before we start talking about your games I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and then let us know what are your favorite adventure slash narrative games well I th- really thanks for for inviting me to this podcast uh, I, I'm a game designer uh, at Charles Games I'm also uh, teaching uh, at uh, Charles University, I'm teaching uh, game design and new media studies. Um, and I'm the lead game designer of Attentat 942 and Svoboda 1945. Uh, and I actually, I actually love adventure games. I, I started playing adventure games uh, back in the 80s when I got my first computer, which was uh, Atari 800XL. And the first one I really remember was probably Mercenary, um, which is a strange, which it's like a first person adventure game uh, telling really epic quest of uh, of you being stranded uh, on, on, a, on a planet and trying to uh, find your way out. Mm. And of course I didn't, my English was not that good, but I, I still really enjoyed the the feeling of being really immersed in a, in a, in a complex world where there are, you know, different entities uh, behaving or on their own and uh, pursuing their, their goals. And then, of course, in the 90s, uh, uh, when I got my first PC, uh, I loved the Sierra Online games like Space Quest. Or, and, and then probably my favorite still today is Monkey Island 2. I would say that's a, that's a classic. Uh, so these kind of classical adventure, old-fashioned adventure games. Yeah, I get some good choices there. I haven't heard of Mercenary, I don't think. I need to check that out as well, but... Yeah, it's, it's if you should. It's 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 a brilliant game. It's like oh, it's, it's a vector graphic, so the whole world is like in vectors. <laughs> but uh, uh, it it gives you amazing feeling of really being there in a huge world, which is uh, autonomous. Well, I'll have to I'll have to check it out, see if I can uh, find it somewhere. But it's um, but yeah, and it's also a lot of people have said and they said online as well that. Adventure games and text adventure games really helped them learn English. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it was, in my case, it was Simon the Sorcerer too, uh, which was just real like um, 
use rich rich language and not an easy one. And I actually, I actually started really learning uh, English just to beat this game and, and to understand the jokes uh, the, the the game, you know, poked at me. So, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, for for myself as a native English speaker, you know, sometimes I find these games, at least the puzzles, difficult enough, and I understand the language. So I can't imagine what it must be like learning English and trying to figure out the puzzles and the story as well. <laughs> but. Um, so then, you, Simon the Sorcerer helped you become a, a snarky, sarcastic <laughs> teenager. <laughs> Actually, uh, right now I'm doing the same thing with my daughter. I have a seven-year-old daughter, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm homeschooling her, and of course uh, I'm homeschooling her also English. And uh, she didn't like, you know, the homeschooling that much. So we introduced uh, gaming to our to our to our homeschooling, and now we are actually playing Skyrim together in English. That's like the uh, the condition the condition that we, she can play Skyrim with me every day, but only under the condition we will speak completely in English, uh, and it works it works perfectly. And I think it's a uh, it's actually great fun. Uh, we are trying to play like non-violent uh, quests, uh, but it's it's really fun. Uh, it's, it's and it's great not only for I would say for homeschooling, but also for bonding. You know, like playing together with her kids is a great way of uh, being together. Oh, that that's. A- Great experience then. So Skyrim can be useful to help people homeschool as well. (laughs) (laughs) We are recording this interview in the time of uh, complete lockdown (laughs) during the pandemic. So like after two months of homeschooling, you know, everything, everything can help you (laughs) to break the stereotypes. Absolutely. But I I like as well, because you mentioned that you you try and go on non-violent quests, so you can still use the game. But and it can help both you and your your daughter. I can help you pass the time, and she's learning as well. So, yep. Yep. You know, all, all positives as far as I'm concerned. Here, definitely recommend it. And also, yeah, we do some game design together, which is also great fun. So. Oh, so she she helps you with uh, some of the game design, does uh, she? Uh, yeah, not not with that of course. Uh, okay, I was wondering. That's, <laughs> that's, that, that's the, 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 this game is 12 plus, but but she's designing her own levels uh, in 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 VVVVVVV. Uh, there's like editor free available, uh, which I again recommend. It's it's great fun. Okay, that's uh, well. Hopefully she can release uh, her game then soon, and uh, you can maybe have it as a maybe with a tentat, maybe <laughs> <laughs> or uh, maybe you know junior version of a tentat. <laughs> but um, no, that's uh, it can take me on to the next point as well because um, with your game at tentat 1942. And as mentioned to you before our interview, that the great thing about your game is it can be enjoyed on multiple levels. If uh, you, you can enjoy it just for the story and the gameplay, uh, you know, the finding out about your grandfather. But then also, if you want to learn more, you can learn more about the history of the Nazi occupation of Czechoslovakia at the time. And I see as well on the website that you have also included a curriculum. Is that correct with the game? Yeah, actually, the... Uh... I think like it's an art game for for everyone. Like for, it's it's on Steam, but uh, we are approached by some some schools uh, and universities who are uh, using it in uh, in history education, for example. In in New York, it's 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 used by the school Quest to Learn. I know it's used in Germany and in, in uh, and um, in uh, in Norway. So yeah, uh, so 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 the game is actually we we should provide it's a teacher's guide for the game how to meaningfully include it. Into into education. Nice, because I, I I think this could be you know a great game to be used to make history fun, shall we say, yep. and and 
more interesting because, I mean, I love history myself, but I do understand that if you have a huge book that's very dense, that you with a lot of dates and a lot of facts, and I can't be like, oh, God, can we just move on? But this really, it helps you, you know, live there, you know, through this as well. You can see more as well. But so about the game at Tentat then, I was wondering if you could, um, first of all, tell us about the story. So first of all, yeah, what is the, um, the story of Atentat and who are the characters in this game? Yeah, so this, actually Atentat is a game uh, talking about the uh, Nazi occupation of Czechoslovakia. So it's um, it's uh, kind of presenting you with the civilian perspective of war. Uh, so it's like based on the stories of ordinary people who lived in uh, yeah, during Nazi occupation and uh, what they lived through. And uh, the there are like two levels of the story. There's one is happening in the past, which is the story uh, of the assassination of Reinhard Heydrich, uh, who was the uh, the, rice pro- the the protector of the uh, protectorate uh, of the uh, protectorate Babylon Maron, uh, the, the occupied uh, Czechoslovakia, and uh, one of the leading architects uh, of the Holocaust. And he was assassinated in 1942 by uh, Czechoslovak paratroopers who were sent. Uh, to Czechoslovakia from from the UK, and after his death, uh, the Nazis started a wave of brutal reprisals, uh, completely destroying several villages, Lidice Ležáky, and sending thousands of people to uh, to concentration camps or 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 or, or, or to executions. And uh, so it was like a, it was like a very uh, traumatic period of, of fear and. Uh, you, uh, your granddad actually in the in the game, uh, your granddad was arrested immediately after the assassination, and he was uh, investigated by Gestapo, and then he was sent to camps, and he actually survived the war, and after the war returned from the camps, uh, but never really talked about what really happened and why he was arrested. So it's kind of like there's like this family story that he was, you know, arrested. For something having something having to do with the assassination of of this uh, Nazi Nazi officer, but n- no one in the family really knew exactly what happened because he never talked about it about this experience. And the game actually starts in the year two thousand one, and and it's like the the present time of the game is two thousand one, and you play uh, either grandson or granddaughter of this character of, of Jindřich. And you are his, uh, your, your granddad is actually in hospital, he's in a coma or kind of doesn't really talk much. And you are moving his, you are moving your grandma to a different apartment. And suddenly you find, uh, you know, some object from, from the war and uh, you kind of start to talk to your grandma about what happened. And you discover that you really don't know exactly the reason. So you start to essentially try to figure out why was your granddad arrested and what was his connection to the assassination and you talk to your grandma you go through his uh, diaries you talk to your neighbor na- to his neighbors colleagues from work etc fellow fellow prisoners who've been with him in the camps etc etc and kind of you are starting to untangle or you know dig dig in the real story what is behind which is I would say kind of dramatic i will say no spoilers and depending on whom you ask and how you frame the questions, you get to different layers of the story. So kind of in the game, what happened, happened. Uh, you can't change the past, but different people 
uh, provide you with kind of different evaluations or sometimes even different stories why something happened and what it, what it meant for them. And you have to kind of critically evaluate it and, uh, and put the pieces together. So it's kind of, uh, I would say, family, family history uh, detective adventure game. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating story because at the time recording, I just started playing it. I haven't finished it yet, but I expect hopefully I will by the time this interview goes out. But it, it's a fascinating story. And what you said about the way that you can ask different questions, you know, questions in different ways, because uh, there was one person who I called by phone, and the way I phrased the question annoyed him, and he said, I'm tired of talking to you people, and he hung up on me. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's actually that's that's actually one point in the game is also that uh, because you are mostly talking to old people who lived through the war, you know, because yes. uh, and that, that that's actually why we set the game in 2001 because that was the year where the actual eyewitnesses uh, were still around us. Uh, sadly, that's not the mostly not the case uh, now in 2000 in 2020, uh, and uh, of course. Um, uh, Especially there are you know, a lot of people, for example, who uh, are kind of accused of collaboration with the, with the Nazis or maybe in a way they did. And so it's, you have to be very sensitive how you approach uh, these people and how you talk about this kind of sensitive period. So, yeah, it's possible that if you are unsensitive or if you ask the questions really, if you're rude or, or, or ask the wrong questions, the, the, some characters might, might refuse to speak to you. And some, some parts of the story will be missing completely for you. Yeah? Yeah, like, hey, I heard you're an Nazi collaborator. You want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's one quite obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, you know, it's one, it's one thing I've all always thought about when I was studying history as well, because, you know, similar like in France when the Nazis occupied Paris and France, and it's, you know, I was always thinking, okay, you know, Charles de Gaulle and then the, um, the Czech uh, leader who were who in London, and they were telling the people to resistant to fight back but then if you are living in a Prague at a time or Paris and you have families then is it really in your best interest to resist and probably have everyone killed or do you go along with it and try to survive you know like what would we do in that situation and I think it's easy to say 70 years later oh why did more people just fight back against the Nazis but then it's really interesting speaking to these people in the game when they really say yeah what what could we do what <laughs> Um, I think that's one of the points we really wanted to show the uh, civilian perspective and trauma of war, because that's typically missing in games. You know, when you most video games which who, which deal with war uh, focus on combat, you know, or or on uh, on the technology of war, and kind of if you're normal civilian living, for example, under occupation in totalitarian regime, then it's uh, it's a kind of different story, um, and that's what we wanted to to show, kind of what yeah, what the totalitarian regime and occupation does to the mind and fate of people so that the, the, the story of collaboration and resistance and 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 uh, bravery and uh, and uh, the the price you or the risk you are putting yourself and your family to is yeah it's something definitely which plays an important uh role in the game uh, and some of the characters paid really have it have it all have a price uh some of them not so it's like um it's kind of um it's very, I would say it's very down to earth and realistic because what we did, we had uh, six historians, uh, four of them from the Institute of uh, Contemporary History of the Czech Academy of Sciences, who closely collaborated with us. Actually, they wrote the, 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 the dialogues for us. Uh, 
uh, and they are mostly based on real historical research and, and real testimonies. Although, of course, the characters in the game are fictitious, but they are based on, on some real historical work. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, you, you mentioned that there's, you know, a lot of games set in war or World War Two are shooting games, which, for, of course, in shooters, you're in combat, which, again, is, is fine. I remember playing Medal of Honor, which was, yep. was great, but... Know, very few games, if any, focus on civilians, what it was like to live through there if you're not a soldier or not in, in the army. Yeah. And I think with, with adventure games or narrative games, that's, you know, we, there, it, there's so much potential to tell these kind of stories set during either World War One, World War Two, or under these, um, you know, kind of well, time dystopian regimes back then. Um, wh- why do you think that there aren't many, I know now there's more, but why do you think there's not as many adventure or narrative games set during the wo- World War II, for example? Because I think there's a, there's a huge amount of stories you can tell mm. in just about every country of <laughs> what it's like to live there. So well, I would say there are games emerging, you know, of, of course, you know, famous, yeah. famously This War of Mine, or, or which, which, which is like one of the first games which really try to portray yes. civil war from the civilian perspective. And yeah, the game is loosely based on the siege of Sarajevo um, and accounts of the siege. But um, yeah, I would say there uh, the the reason that that's that's a good that's a good question. I think I think it's it's changing. I think there are more, and more games are becoming more and more diverse. And you know, as, as indie games and art games and serious games are entering the the market, and actually some of them are really sex, commercially successful. There is more space for uh, for um, for for narrative. But I would say the reason why this is happening is Probably because um, uh, uh, because uh, if you're a video game developer, you invest you know a huge amount of money into into your game, and so you want to make sure it's successful and you get the money back. So so you kind of you typically go you use the same patterns which proved to be successful in the past. So I would say there is quite a lot of conservatism in game design uh, in uh, in case of the AAA uh, games because because a huge amount of money is actually invested. And you want to make sure, you know, as, that you that you that you get it back, which is kind of understandable. So there is, of course, more space for experiments uh, on the indie scene because the, that's that's kind of natural. So I think I think that now now you can you can find games which um, deal with that. I, for example, even though it's not about war, but Papers Please is a great example of a game directly putting you uh, into the role of a of a of a of, you know a border border officer uh, in a authoritarian or totalitarian regime and it does it brilliantly so yes i, I love that game yep yep me too it, it it does feel like you're living in the authoritarian regime as well i know it's a fictitious uh, fictitious country and setting but it feels very very real yep yep exactly exactly and again it puts it makes you think okay what would i do in this situation because from afar you know if we live well the two of us at least live in democracies now and we're uh, you know, year 2020, and you know, it's very easy to judge now, <laughs> uh, back then. But then again, it's, what would we, what would we do back then? Yeah. Um, so, no, absolutely. You know, with the AAA games, that uh, you know, seems like a lot of them don't want to potentially upset people. Um, you can probably say the same about AAA movies. That um, you know, again, they don't want to lose out on any money. <laughs> yep. Whereas yep. more independent movies and games are willing to tell more personal stories. Um, so how did this game then come about? Um, how did you get the idea for this game, and then how did you go about making it? 
Well, we actually wanted to make this game for a long time. Um, uh, and not actually only this game, but we, I mean, we are d developing like serious games um, at, uh, actually at Charles, uh, it started at Charles University some 10 years ago. Uh, we did some, 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 uh, some different games. And uh, I always wanted to make a game uh, which would tell the story of the second half of the 20th century, or the story of like ordinary people who went through uh, through uh, this uh, very tumultuous time, uh, including uh, Nazism and then, then then communism. Because I'm, I, I was born I was born in, uh, in I was born in communist Czechoslovakia, so that's I also that's the reason I, for example, relate to papers, please, because uh, I was born in an authoritarian state and and lived through the. Uh, so I wanted to make this game because uh, there are some amazing stories I think to be to be told in our hist in our in our history and uh, suddenly uh, we had a kind of a, a team and possibilities to uh, to make it so um, which was uh, which was uh, some six six seven years ago when we started uh, working on Attentat 1942. It was actually preceded by uh, we did some uh, some educational simulation uh, for high schools. Which uh, Attentat is based on, like we use some some of the materials from this simulation we use in Attentat, but Attentat is like a, a normal full-fledged uh, video game. Uh, it's it's a, it's 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 like uh, on Steam and it's uh, it's actually for for everyone. The educational simulation was only in Czech language and uh, was uh, focusing more on high schools. And uh, the inspiration, uh, like why we uh, chosen the you know different uh, perspectives. That's actually I would say what's really strong in Attentat is that that uh, you uh, when you think of history, you typically think of it as something you know distant and, and definite. But here it's like a typically you know list of important dates and events. But in Attentat, you got the real uh, people's stories, um, uh, kind of the, the, the personal day-to-day -day, uh, life, and also you get very different perspectives because uh, you can see the history through very different eyes uh, and that's what we wanted to do and inspiration for that came uh, from most probably from uh, global conflicts palestine which is a game again which presents you with a very uh, contested topic uh, the, the israeli-palestinian conflict from uh, the eyes of uh, dozens of, uh, of civilians uh, both israelis and palestinians and i mean the game is a serious game uh, and does a very good job and uh, talking about this um, uh, contested part of, uh, of uh, contemporary history. And that's kind of, we wanted to take this uh, different perspectives uh, setting into our game. Yeah, I heard of that game, Global Conflicts. Um, I believe it was the second one in pretty South or Latin America, which yep, I, yep, I've, I've never played those games, but I really, really want to. Yeah, yeah, they're quite obsolete now, but I, I, the idea, right. the idea is, is really good, though. Uh, yeah, to to really present, like it's, it's based on research, it's based on real, uh, real stories, uh, which are turned into kind of yeah different perspectives on on something, and that's uh that's something what we wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Those games again put you in the very difficult. Uh, situations and political situations, you know, with Israel and Palestine, and then from what I saw, it, it, goes, it deals with the people as well and the effect yep. of people. Yep. Um, yeah, that's what what I see that this game is is doing as well. It's focusing on people, civilians that could be like us. You know, they're not soldiers. They're not, um, you know, I mean, soldiers and politicians from what I've played appear in it, but the focus is on as you mentioned before you're speaking to your grandma, but your grandpa, and then the uh, people who live uh, next door, and then 
Um, and you know, what I really like as well is so far that you think you know, you know the story, and then you speak with them, and they go, "No, actually, this is what happened. Or this is the reason yep. why this happened." And you get to know them a bit more as well um, with with the actors. So I, you know, part of it as you mentioned is like is F and V, and in the present day, are uh-huh. they re- real actors that you guys got, or are they well? non-actors normal people because again i don't it's in czech i don't understand czech but from what i can see they seem very natural yeah that's actually so originally we wanted to make the game uh, the whole game as a graphic novel uh, which would be like only narrated with voice voiceovers so most the past and the present would be rendered as graphic novel and we did some testing and uh, actually didn't work out that well because uh, the story is very emotional and it's very personal and uh, when we actually recorded uh, parts of the game, like we made one scene of the game recorded as a graphic novel, and then we actually show people also the real video of the person talking. And they said like that uh, the FM, the video the video version, when it's like uh, the video interview mixed with graphic novel elements is much better, much more emotional and much more touching than the, if it's only graphic novel. So we, we you know, decided to mix these two uh, media and the people you are talking to in the game they are actually they are um, uh, they are non-actors uh, we had we specifically hired non-actors but of course they are uh, you know not what they are saying is not their own story uh, the story was the the story is uh, the characters in the game are fictitious uh, written by historians but as I said they are typically uh, based on real testimonies but for ethical and also legal reasons of course we had to change the names and also what we typically do we uh, combine for example two or three testimonies together to create uh, our, our, our character uh, so um, so they are they are non-actors um, and that's I would say one reason why it might feel uh, authentic at, at the at least that's what we, that's people say that uh, they really feel that these people are saying their own, uh, their own stories because, as I said, they don't really act. Yeah, no, definitely, it does feel very authentic because also in the, it's a documentary style. If we never see the really, at least in the first part that I played the main character, you just yeah. see the people you're speaking with and they're speaking directly to the camera as if it's a documentary yeah that's that was actually yeah that was actually the uh that we did on on purpose that you kind of you see the game as if through your own eyes uh so sometimes you can see your hands uh again that that's why it matters uh, if you're you can play it either as a granddaughter or as a grandson the game plays exactly the same just what differs is uh difference it's like there are few scenes where you see for example your hands or in Czech, it, it was important in Czech uh, because uh, when uh, when we are addressing someone or someone is addressing you in the Czech grammar, uh, it matters. Uh, the gen- gender matters much more than, uh, for example, in English. So, so we made this uh, option possible, and you you never see yourself, so you can kind of project yourself to the character. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Uh, the 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 testimonies uh, or the the eyewitnesses they talk directly to you. And in most cases, actually, you are uh, in their homes. We have no, uh, there was no, uh, no, mostly no scenes. So in most cases, actually, it was filmed either in the home of the non-actors or actually we took them, for example, to our homes or, you know, uh, homes of our grandparents. So it's kind of authentic. Uh, there was, the, 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 there's no, uh, the scenes are not really sad. They, they just like, we just filmed it in their kind of uh, in, in their homes. Authentic locations then as yep. well. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely feels like it. 
And um, and as I said, uh, as, you know, I, I think it was the right decision to make it in Czech. I mean, obviously, first in Czech as well, but I like how it's not dubbed into English. I think it would have lost something if it was dubbed into another language. That I think it feels yeah. even more authentic that we hear them speaking Czech. That's that's a tricky question. Of course, uh, of course, uh, we have like we have English, German, and Russian subtitles, uh, and um, our biggest market actually is uh, Czech. Uh, but we, we we like we sold something like 40% of copies in the Czech Republic and more than 60 abroad. So our biggest foreign audience uh, is Germany, and then the United States, and then UK. So of course we are really debating if we should dub the game, for example, to English or German, because then probably we, you know, we would hit, we could hit much bigger audience. But it's um, uh, it's first it's it costs it's quite costly uh, decision because there's a lot of text actually, there's a lot of uh, uh, recording, and also it would feel really in inauthentic and if if uh, you got like a like a Czech character, you know, talking in, you know, for example, New York accent yes. English about 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 the history of, uh, of, you know, occupied Prague. But we are still we are still there's something we are still discussing for our next game. So because we have like sequel, so Boda 1945 in in a pipeline working on right now, and that's something we are really discussing. But so far we are going with subtitles. Yes, it's uh, I mean it's, it's a tricky question as you mentioned because I spoke with other uh, developers and. There are some that are for you know, localization and dubbing to try and reach as many people as possible, and others that are not really, they're kind of against it to say, no, it doesn't really, it's not worth the money as well. But I think it depends on the situation and it depends on each game and the language then as well. Yep. Um, because you mentioned if it's in English, it might sell uh, more, but then would you lose the authenticity? Um, but I don't have the answers myself. <laughs> Because I know that I myself, I'm really enjoying listening to these people speak their own language, and especially uh-huh. since it's documentary style. But um, but yeah. So and then you mentioned as well that with the flashbacks are told in a visual uh, novel or comics, interactive uh-huh. comic style, which again is really interesting, and I like the variety that you can tell immediately. Okay, this is a flashback, and in this present day. Um, I think it kind of works, you know, visually as well. So now you, you mentioned you want to make the entire game as a visual novel at first, but uh, why did you decide to make these as a visual novel, at least the flashbacks? Well, that, that's uh, we actually um, that was the initial idea uh, because I think visual graphic novel is a great uh, medium for telling very personal, very personal and intimate stories, uh, and I, I like you know uh, animated uh, graphic novels. And we had a great uh, illustrator and, and, and animator, so that was kind of the beginning. It's like a black, black and white, black and white comics. And uh, also, it's not only a uh, graphic novel. There are like uh, elements, uh, like playable memories. So um, the important thing in the game is that you uh, can't change the past. I mean, the past happened as it happened. And uh, the reason for that was uh, we're really thinking about it in the beginning. If you should like really allow the player to you know you know replay the past. And then we decided not to uh, first because of the historical authenticity. Like so, now we have the past fixed as the historians you know, wrote it or like uh, told us it it happened. And also, um, if we are to make uh, you know, if we should allow you to replay the past, then we have like kind of uh, create a rule system for it, and you have to schematize very complex, um, very complex, um, and sometimes very contested you know issues. Uh, 
uh, both emotionally and, and historically into a kind of rule system. You would have to say, if you do that, this will happen. If you do that, this, this will happen. And that in some cases, for example, especially when talking about, you know, the experience uh, from the Holocaust, uh, it could be it could be even offensive to, to many people that you kind of uh, schematized such traumatic experience into set of rules, uh, you know, and gameplay. So we decided uh, we will go with narrative that you talk about the past and the gameplay is in the present where you can, again, choose the questions and frame them. And like, so it's kind of like more, more like a games based mostly on interviews and asking questions and choosing between questions. But there are some elements uh, which are, we call them playable memories, where sometimes actually you in the graphic novel style are in the past and you do something as the eyewitness is talking about it, you are kind of replaying their memories. Yes, it's for example, when your grandma is very early in the game uh, telling you that when Gestapo raided uh, their apartment and arrested your, your grandpa, uh, she was actually, uh, she had like few seconds to hide some uh, uh, resistance uh, leaflets in, in the room while your grandpa was uh, stalling the Gestapo for just a few seconds, and you are actually replaying this scene. You know, we have like few seconds uh, to, to you know, uh, uh, hide the leaflets in in the apartment. So there are more and more scenes which are actually playable, but uh, you can't really change the course of uh, of the past. Um, so right, yeah, I I like that part as well. Mentioned playable memories and. What you mentioned as well was when you have just a few seconds to hide the leaflets, but it doesn't change because obviously she wasn't caught and obviously didn't yeah. die because you're talking to them in the present, but it does make it more interactive. And then, of course, when I like as well, there's no punishment when, if or when, in my case, you get it wrong because I chose one place to hide the leaflet, but then she said, well, no, I didn't hide it there because it would have been very obvious. <laughs> I yep. hid it somewhere else, but then it just kept going. Like, oh, okay, but it adds to the replayable, um, uh, to replayability as well. And now you also, uh, you get some coins if you do it well. Uh, what can you tell us about the coins? Uh, what what are they for in the game? Uh, it's uh, actually there's a huge um, discussion in the team, and we are still really uh, working on it. Um, uh, if it was the right decision or not, but. Uh, Again, it can, it can happen to you that if you if you for example you know insult someone or if if you ask wrong questions, you can uh, end the interview with some character very quickly without actually uh, you can miss not only a huge part of the story, but sometimes you can miss really crucial information or critical information which can lead you to the uh, to to really getting know what happened in the past. Your grandpa, why Gestapo arrested him. And so in a way, like to f it can prevent you from finishing the game successfully. And we're really discussing that, you know, you should be, there should be some mechanism for you to, you know, to which would allow for mistakes. And we came up with this, that if you play the, 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 the playable memories, uh, they are like scattered around the game. If you play them right, meaning if you do the right decision or the decision which would save, you know, for example, the character which would work in the situation well, then you get some something like coin. Uh, and then if you, mess an interview with someone, uh, you can actually pay with these coins to repeat the interview as is, you know, like go back in time and start the interview again from the beginning, uh, like as a, as, a, as a player knowing where you made the mistake. So it's kind of, a so by doing this, the playable memories are actually have a, have a 
like meaning in the gameplay because you know you can actually win something in the play on them or you can get something if you do it right and you can use this something coins or tokens for for uh replaying the interviews we are not really sure with this mechanic um several people like it because it allows them to uh they're not afraid of making a mistake because you can you know replay the interview if you make if you make some some error but at the same time it feels a bit off because it's extra it's some kind of mechanic which is extra uh and it's like you know um not uh not in the time and space of the game so for our next game for Buddha 1945 we actually uh decided to omit the coins uh, completely and we use a different mechanic uh to to make sure that you that there is like that you can actually uh finish the game even if you make mistakes you can still finish the game so it's like a different uh, different way of dealing with it right yeah no, i i understand exactly what what you mean that it might be more like a game mechanic uh like but i, I like the fact that uh, you have some way of going back if you don't yep. get the information you need that um you know it it reminds me a little bit of i don't know if you played the game by francisco gonzalez lamplight city where the detective and but then if you choose the wrong dialogue option the characters won't talk to you but you can still continue with the game Mm-hmm. Uh, as well so he said it's okay to fail so it's <laughs> similar yeah. here if you ask you know like like the example i gave a very obvious example hey i heard you're a nazi collaborator <laughs> want to talk about it <laughs> like, oh well, maybe that's not the best approach maybe go back and be more diplomatic and more subtle <laughs> yeah yeah they said i feel like uh for example there are some people who are kind of being um uh yeah accused of ratting on your on your on your granddad yeah and then talking to them of course is is, is difficult uh but yeah let's uh there are a few characters which are i would say tricky to 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 navigate right and now now you mentioned as well that since this deals with some well challenging teams um you know like with the holocaust and everything but i think it's done very well very sensitively but was it was it a challenge to deal with this sort of topic you know nazi occupation then as well and to try and be as sensitive as possible did was that did that present any challenges yeah. along the way? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, the the actually the development was was, was actually one one big challenge. Right? There's so many <laughs> so, 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 so many. I mean, I'm I'm so glad the game actually uh, came out. I mean, <laughs> we finished the game and also won. It's doing pretty well. I mean, it won uh, quite a number of awards, uh, but it was a huge challenge uh, uh, on several layers. And the biggest one is actually not only the sensitivity of the topic, but the biggest one is the issue of selection because when you you know and when you do any kind of uh, historically accurate work or authentic work you you have you have like the you know continuum of reality what will happened in the past and you always have to choose something you know you will include in the, in your characters and in your stories and something you will omit because simply you don't have space to talk about that and we had like days and days of discussions with our historians which actually we, we for example knew we have like a space for eight characters uh in the game uh, like we, we are able to you know uh, uh do like eight different stories or present eight different perspectives and there was endless debates which characters should be in or which you know historical experiences should be included and which simply not and there was something really contested so um I I won't say any any spoilers but there are really some characters where uh the historians really differed or like didn't agree on the uh they preferred you know some some different uh, different story to be there so that was really hard decision then of course the sensitivity like how to 
deal with such a such a traumatic and emotional uh, ex- memories um, in a in a sensitive and accurate way. And we tried to really be as sensitive as possible. So, for example, uh, there is a one uh, one character. He's a he's Jewish, a Holocaust survivor, and all the characters have you know some kind of playable memories where you can you know replay the past except this one and that was that was made on purpose that there's like kind of no uh no playable memory from the camps and that was that was deliberate decision it's only you know there's a graphic novel graphic novel segment and then he's you know talking about it uh in a in a documentary style but there is no uh playable uh playable memory from that uh that period of time and that was deliberate decision and also the game, um, we, we for example, we have uh, uh, authentic uh, footage. We have uh, we've been provided hours and hours of footage from the uh, Czech National uh, Film Archive, uh, which we are very, very grateful for. And um, and uh, so we are also like using this footage, and we are also like very sensitive what we show to the players. So even though like the atrocities being talked about, uh, we don't really uh show i would say anything insensitive the, the game is rated 12 plus which i think is a is a is a quite accurate accurate rating i don't think it's a it's a game for anyone younger but i would say anyone you know anyone uh from 12 up uh, is able to 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 deal with uh, the content of the game even though it's serious and might be uh, traumatic right yeah from what i've played as well i i would agree with that that there's um you know i don't think it's 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 traumatic topic, but you deal with it sensitively. So I think people from twelve up should probably be able for it. But again, it depends on the person and the people. Yep. Yep. Well, um, but yeah, now that you also have, as you mentioned, a, a historical footage inter- interspersed with the interviews, which again, it just really makes it look like a, a documentary, like an interactive documentary. And uh, did it take a lot of time to go through the historical footage and then to add? What uh, you believe to be the um, you know the most appropriate footage during the interview? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it 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 took it took a lot of time. And as as I said, like the game actually originated when we started working on the game. It was done um, uh, under Charles University. Uh, uh, the, it was Faculty of Arts and uh, Faculty of Mathematics and Physics. Actually, these two faculties collaborated with the Institute of Contemporary History of the Czech Academy of Sciences. So we had a lot of academics on board. As I said, uh, we had a team of historians and they went through not only documentaries, but what it, uh, they went through uh, actually hundreds of uh, of uh, oral testimonies or, you know, of like uh, of accounts of oral testimonies when they were helping us to construct the in-game character. So there's really quite substantive uh, research behind the game. And from what the students told us, uh, the most challenging part, for example, for them was not, you know, going through you know, hours of uh, footage or, you know, tons of testimonies because that's something they are used to. Uh, what was really a challenge for them was to provide us with uh, visual aids. For example, the, the authors of the of the graphic novel, they, uh, uh, the historians uh, have had to provide them with, um, yeah, with some visual aids, you know, how, how to do how to how to draw things uh, precisely as they were in the past from anything from from the city streets and and cars and 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 and, and clothes and, and to some you know objects of their life and they actually told us that this is something they they were surprised how hard it is sometimes to get real like uh, yeah visual 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 material from time which is authentic and they can verify it's really authentic and because they typically don't do that you know they typically 
work with uh, with words. They typically work with written text, and their output is also typically written text. And they said that this, this is for them the most challenging thing, you know, to go to the archives and to various sources and verify that actually what we draw in the game is 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 historically uh, accurate. Yeah, I, definitely what I can see anyway. It it never threw me off anyway. I always believed this was 1942 when during the <laughs> visuals as well. And I meant to ask you before as well regarding the the people in the present. How did you how did you find the uh, well actors or non actors and how did you uh, get them to play play the roles? Yeah, so we actually uh, we actually hired a, a, like a film director and this whole thing was in in his we gave him complete freedom. We just told him what we want, and then he had complete freedom to you know select the actors and or uh, recruit the, the the actors and and film it. And uh, he used some casting companies, so like we had a um, uh, typical like yeah, we need very old people obviously uh, who could have been there uh, during the war, and um, so we had someone who you know had some experience being in front of camera, but they are not good really actors. They typically you know they typically do um, they are typically um, like uh, how it's called um, uh, yeah they work for casting companies for you know to be somewhere uh, in in, in uh, for example in movies, and then we. Selected them those who were looked like uh, uh, as like um, kind of uh, yeah which uh, looked like our characters we had in the vision and then we uh, filmed it with them and uh, in most cases the scenes uh, were filmed uh, like ten times before uh, the director was satisfied that it really it really uh, feels natural and authentic. And of course, that, that was the hardest part. And there's, there's actually a lot of cutting in the game. When you, there's some characters who, yeah, of course, it was nervous and they were, or they were talking about. Uh, it's actually not that easy, you know, to, to talk to camera about um, such um, uh, such topics. So uh, it's kind of like a main role in a, in, a, in, a, in a movie. And I think they did a great job. The Our, our actors uh, were untrained on, on actors did actually a great job in um, making it feel really natural and 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 yeah and authentic so also, also everything was filmed in really relaxed setting there was like not just the cameraman and one historian to check that everything is okay and uh, we actually led them to uh, rephrase uh, it's not verbatim so they typically, typically gave them the text and then they you know set the meaning of the text in their own words which uh, which uh, helped a lot to Preserve the authenticity of the of the testimony. Yeah, I think I think it worked from what I saw as well, especially the grandma. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, at, no, at no point did I feel like no, she's not she's not the grandma. It's like oh yeah, there's in fact like oh that that could be my grandma. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean they all did a fantastic job, so uh, so um, you know great to see that as well. And then going back to the playable memories, um, you mentioned as well that you know you had to hide the leaflets and all and then there's some kind of mini games now i know sometimes when you mention mini games people might be like oh this you know we don't like mini games because they can kind of take you out of the game but in this case i think from part that i've played that it works especially as i mentioned before recording the, the poetry <laughs> session which i really enjoyed um how did you guys come up with the different types of you know variety of, of mini games that you yeah. play in the game that's actually the reason we call these uh, segments playable memories and not mini games because because mini games sound it's it's kind of a uh, yeah it's a, it doesn't really describe what it is because these are really long segments of, of gameplay 
and it's not just a mini game you know like for example you know opening a, opening a, a lock in skyrim which is a short mini game these, these are some of them you know can take you know like up to 20 minutes and it's quite so, so it's not the mini game game it's, it's real like a playable segment we um, we actually had uh, there are like this real number of them uh, most characters have two or three playable segments of memories uh, and um, we had uh, various uh, ideas and we tested them and uh, we had like for example in the previous iterations of the game uh, there was much, the, most of these playable memories were more abstract like they were like, more like logic games or like some kind of abstract games and uh, from the reaction of the players of the audience uh, we uh, decided that the the best uh, like the gameplay style which fits the most the game is actually when you are really doing the same thing uh, the character was doing so for example if you they are talking about hiding the leaflets you are really hiding leaflets in a very realistic uh, very realistic uh, apartment which actually we modeled based on on uh, some real so actually even if you play this game uh, this play memory the actually the, the uh, everything you can see in the apartment the uh, the, the furniture, uh, the books, you know, the the, the records, the, the gramophone, etc., uh, the radio, everything is is is, uh, is authentic. Meaning, like we took real, uh, real um, uh, objects from the past, and so you have like uh, in most of the games, you are kind of realistically doing what uh, the character was doing uh, in the time uh, uh, he or she is talking about, uh, and we actually get rid of the abstract games because they uh, they interrupted the the immersion from the game and the flow of the game so now i, th I think there's uh there's like all, all the games are all the playable segments are very uh, realistic also we are just now working on uh, i mean attentat was released in 2017 but we are just finishing uh, a new like a new version of attentat which we built oh, okay. yeah we build it uh, we build the game again from scratch in unity because uh, previously it was in adobe air now we built in unity so uh, the game and this version, this Unity version, should be released uh, within two weeks, uh, uh, meaning the game will be now available also on iOS, on iPads, and iPhones, and on Android. Um, and uh, so that's that's like something. So we are really hoping uh, to uh, to reach a, a different audience or broader audience. And then uh, Swoboda. So, sorry, what yeah. um, what changes then to attempt that 1942 will be through Unity? Will it look different? Will it play any different? Uh, it's uh, it's 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 it will be much more smooth. Like the, the the gameplay is smoother. The the loading times are much are much uh, shorter. There are some things like it's it's a uh, it's graphically enhanced, uh, and there are some like uh, the graphical user interface is is uh, I would say, I would say better, and mo the biggest difference is that it can be it can be played on on touch screen uh, so like it's really it will be like uh, we actually ported or we to redo the game to be so you can play it on yeah, on tablet for example uh, which was not possible with the previous one otherwise the the like gameplay is the same uh, there are there are no there are only like minor changes in gameplay it's more about it's more about the uh, the user feeling and uh, and uh, smoothness of the game is is much better and the quality of the of the videos and, and graphic elements is better but the biggest reason we went for unity is that uh you can now use it also on a new uh, uh new uh mac, mac uh, operation system uh, catalina which the previous version was not able to run and we really want to port it as i said uh that port it to to ios android 
and possibly switch, possibly switch if, if, if possible. So it's it's like a, um, yeah. So, so it's more like a really. I think it's a it's a game which would be ideal to play on on your on touch screen or a tablet. Uh, and what? Yes, you, I, I think so as well. It, yeah. Not yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but we are not possible yet to, to, to release it uh, before because the port was really uh, not possible. So that's why we you know redone the game in Unity. Okay, and if people had had already bought uh, the first version of the game, say on Steam or yeah, of, co- of, of course they will, of, co- of course yeah, of course they will get they will get the new version for free, of course. Okay. So, so if 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 you own if you own the the old version, yeah, you actually you will automatically uh, will upload the new version on Steam and you will have it uh, you'll have it automatically. So that will replace the old version then. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. yeah, and, yeah, and that's actually something we will soon release uh, some kind of note notice for. For players, the only thing which will happen is that your your uh, your safe will be erased. That's the only. That's okay. the only. So so for if, if people want to keep it, yeah, you should move it to a different directory. But I would say other than that, uh, the new version have only benefits. Okay. It's, it's 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 faster, smoother, and better quality. Right. All all, all good then. All all advantages then. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so that's Attentat 1942, and then the new game is Voboda 1945, um, which is well three years later. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's so it's a, it's a sequel, it's a sequel to Attentat, and it's actually so uh, like uh, Sober 1945 is dealing with the events which happened in Czechoslovakia after the war or immediately, you know, uh, at the end of the war, and it's actually happening in a small village. Uh, the game is happening in a small village. In a Czech-German borderland, uh, where uh, you will witness the uh, the brutality uh, of the end of the war, where actually one of the, some of the most um, uh, horrendous atrocities were committed at the end of the, during the end of the war. There were the death marches when uh, Nazis were uh, trying to you know move prisoners from concentration camps to 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 to, to different locations. So you will see, you will witness that, and then actually you will witness the uh, uh, Nazi retreating army, which was uh, also um, uh, committing some crimes and killing civilians. But then actually in the game you will also uh, the game also talks about the uh, expulsion of Sudeten Germans from Czechoslovakia. That's um, there were like uh, three and a half millions of uh, German-speaking Czech citizens were uh, forcefully expelled from the country uh, and uh, and and moved to Germany. Um, and the game talks about that, and there were some uh, horrible atrocities happening during this expulsion as well, uh, which is um, uh, not that uh, well, not, not that like much talked about uh, in in, uh, in, uh, in in Czech history. So we will, we are dealing with this very uh, contested, very contested uh, uh, topic. And then uh, the game actually will also talk about the rise of uh, communism to power, and it will cover the 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 um, the putsch in 1948, where actually communists uh, took uh, power in Czechoslovakia, and um, um, uh, it was the start of a totalitarian regime at the time. And one important event which happened during this um, communist takeover is the forced collectivization of farmlands, where small farmers were forced to uh, to join the collective farms and you know give their property to the collective farms and many of them resisted and many of them were sent to labor camps uh, mines or or simply 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 executed so um, uh, this 
the game, I would say, will talk about these events in a way it's more raw uh, uh, and definitely more contested. And of course, you will, as as we did in Attentat, where we present you the history from different perspectives, we do the same in Svoboda 1945. So you will talk both to the people who've been uh, uh, active in the expulsion of Germans, for example, soldiers who've been you know, assigned to this task. Then you will talk to people who've been actually expulsed and who've been, for example, as, as kids, you know, relocated to Germany and lost their family during these uh, these uh, these uh, violent events. Uh, you will talk to communists, you will talk to uh, farmers uh, who've been crushed by the communist regime. So the game is, I would say, in a way, these different perspectives are even more uh, pronounced and uh, the, some of the stories are are uh, are uh, even more maybe even more dramatic than what we had in Attentat. So stay stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like a very you know well horrific time to live through as well because during I mean during wars are horrific anyway, but a lot of time things that happen afterwards. Are even worse that there are even more atrocities and i think we find here as you mentioned with um, the nazis uh, retreating and then with uh, the, um, the occupation by then the communists at the time and similar say for example the spanish civil war which during the civil war was absolutely horrific on you know both sides and then after the spanish civil war then the, the killings and recriminations continued and it was even worse than during the civil war so um and this you know seems because I imagine since it's um, maybe more recent, I mean, I know that the Communist Party, I don't know much about the Czech Republic history now, but I know that uh, it was more recent with the, with the Communists, so this might affect more people that are living in Czech Republic right now. Um, is that, would you say that? Or? Yeah, def definitely. This history is more recent, uh, and the yeah the uh, we are still dealing with our communist past and, and the, uh, the, the, the communist crimes. Um, so that's uh, and also the the issue the game talks a lot about. I mean, Swoboda and Perfak is the as I said uh, is the uh, collectivization uh, of property of private property because you know private property was uh, was uh, abolished by by the communists. So not only the farms were taken or like the fields were taken from people, but also also you know cows and and, and horses and stables and everything. Uh, and then actually after the revolution in 1989. Uh, this um, this property, you know, uh, stolen by the communists, was actually uh, returned to uh, not necessarily the original owners, but their their uh, their descendants, and this created like a lot of. Uh, it's still uh, it's still a source of a lot of tension and you know feuds, uh, especially in in the countryside where these issues are still pretty much alive. You know, who did what? You know, 50 years ago. Uh, and it's uh, it's uh, it's really affecting like the scars of the past or you know the the, the crimes of the past are still affecting the pretty much uh, the life uh, in our in our fictitious model village in the game. And again, as in Attentat 1942, when you play the game, you will discover that the scars of the past very closely uh, affect your family uh, and and your, yeah, your 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 family past. And as was the case in Attentat, of course, we again had a team of six historians uh, working on the game who are experts in that period. So we again are sure that the game is uh, historically authentic and accurate, and it's of course sensitive. That's uh, what we all always right, yeah, for. So, so similar to Attentat, to make it authentic but sensitive. <laughs> yep. 
Um, it is a small but uh, it's, it's a fictional village. Is, is that right? Without a person? Yeah, it's it's Soboda means freedom in Czech Republic, and uh, okay. that's that's so kind of like uh, freedom, and it's, it, it refers to liberation. And uh, the the village is, the village is fictitious, uh, but it's it's kind of based. Uh, Again, what happened in the game is based on real uh, events, which are very well documented, but we deliberately put it in a fictitious village, again, for, for ethical and legal reasons, because, uh, because uh, we are dealing with, uh, with uh, some very uh, contested issues. Right, because, um, and again, you, you mentioned as well, it deals with the Sudeten Germans, which again, yep. I didn't know anything about. Um, but are there still Sudeten Germans living in, in Czech Republic today? Yeah, there are, there are few of them because uh, not uh, not everyone was uh, was expulsed after the war. Uh, for example, um, there was like a there was a, a it was like a collective uh, uh, collective punishment was uh, was um, uh, was uh, implemented. So like essentially, if you're a German, you are you are being relocated forcefully. But um, uh, there were exceptions. For example, if you were uh, uh, an active anti-fascist. Uh, you've been prosecuted as a German by the uh, by the by the Nazi regime. Yeah, for example, you were a social democrat. You were sent to camps. You're a political prisoner. Or if you are, for example, active in the anti-Nazi resistance, uh, then you can then, then you could stay uh, then you could stay in, in the uh, in Czechoslovakia. Uh, also, there were some people who uh, were deemed essential for the industry, for example, and they were allowed to stay. Uh, so you still can find. People who are descendants of uh, who are still descendants of certain Germans living in in uh, in uh, Czechoslovakia, and of course they also came through some kind of ostracization in the in the 50s and, and during communist times for being you know for being of German origin. And we we actually have these characters in our game. Uh, we have these um, these uh, these stories covered by the game too. Okay, well look forward to finding out more about that. And in terms of gameplay, then I, from what I can see, seems to be. Similar to um, Attentat 1942, if it ain't broke, don't, don't yeah. fix it, it works. I, I imagine, is that correct? Yes? Yeah, it's uh, the gameplay is very similar. The game is, again, based mostly on full motion videos and interviews, but there is more, there is more uh, interaction in the game. Uh, we try to make uh, play even more immersed and give them more, uh, more, uh, more options to what to do in the game. So, for example, you are kind of, uh, the village is there and you are, able to move around the village a bit and uh, unlike in Atentat because you are like staying in the village to do some kind of survey and uh, uh, and at the time you are kind of trying to again discover what really happened uh, concerning your family history uh, you're staying in the in the village uh, and you can you can walk around and talk to different people so you can actually return to different characters and uh, you know talk to them more so it's unlike Atentat you can naturally uh, there are more interactions with the with the characters because you can yes, just 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 meet them again and um, uh, and you know kind of verify or confront them with some new information you you got. Also, uh, unlike in Atentat, the characters in Svoboda uh, have their own agenda and they you you are in the village to make some decision and many characters actually want you to influence to do decision in a certain way. So it's uh, there is more agency. I would say uh, on the side of the characters, they are not just simply talking to you, and you are not, you know, they are not only source of information, but they have their own agenda and they are trying to uh, press you to do something, which is uh, which adds a different dynamic to the game. Interesting. Oh well, I'm really curious now. I look yep. forward to 
checking it out. So now hopefully this game will be either released or about to be released by the time this interview comes out. But you, as it's quarter three, 2020, that you're yep. looking to release this game. Yeah. And we still hope. We still hope we can make it. Hopefully, I look forward to it then as well. And then before I uh, before we finish, um, I know after this game, do you have any plans or any ideas on what you're going to work on next, or is that still too early? Well, uh, yeah, Charles games were established quite recently, and we have more uh, by, by by Charles University, and we have more actually games in the pipeline. So uh, there is a uh, one is a. Uh, a point-and-click classical point-and-click adventure uh, uh, with a working title, The Legend of the Spirit Bird, and it's a fantastic, fantastic kind of fantastic game inspired by uh, the uh, the work of Robert Holstock, the kind of the Mitago Mitago Forest. So it's kind of a, I would say kind of psychedelic uh, game uh, um, yes. based in yeah, based based in based in a based in a mythical forest. Uh, that's one. Uh, the other game is uh, uh, Silicon Rates, which is a we call it Couch Co-op, and it's a, it's a cooperative game, completely unrelated to Attentat, in which you which you play uh, robots and you are fighting bureaucracy. Uh, it's kind of Kafkaesque, <laughs> Kafkaesque game. And then actually uh, we are already kind of working on a sequel to Swoboda. Uh, it doesn't have a name yet. So probably it will be called Exile 1968. And it should be the last game in the series, which would talk about the uh, communist times, particularly about Prague Spring and the 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 uh, the uh, invasion of the Warsaw Pact forces uh, to Czechoslovakia in the 1968. Oh, interesting! Yeah, there's so much history, at least recent history, that um, you know can tell a lot of stories <laughs> regarding the you know from the Second World War up to 1968, and I mentioned afterwards as well. But it's um. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And then this uh, point-and-click adventure game that you mentioned, will this be released globally as well? Or yeah, yeah, sure. All, yeah. All, our game, all our games will be released globally. Yeah. Okay, perfect. That's that's good to hear. Um, okay, well, I'm looking forward to well continuing to finish Attentat 1942 and then to playing Zoboda 1945 when it's released. And is there... Is there anything? Well, first, first of all, where can people find you online? So, where can people find out if they want to find out more about your uh, studio yeah. or your games? Where can they find well, you? The easiest is charlesgames.net. That's a website of our studio. And then attentat1942.com. That's the that's the uh, website of the game. But yeah, charlesgames.net. That's uh, uh, that's the best uh, uh, gateway to our games. Cool. And then they can find you on social media there as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll, inc- I'll include the links in the show notes as well. Thanks a lot. Um, Thanks. No worries at all. And so then, is there is there anything else that you'd like to to mention before we finish, Dan? Uh, no, I think that's uh, that's uh, stay safe and play games. Yeah, no, t- definitely. <laughs> more a lot more time to play games now anyway than yeah, yeah. <laughs> than this time last year. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> And buy games, you know, support the yes. support the creators. Buy games. <laughs> yes, I need to mention this more often. So buy games, wish list games, leave yep. reviews of games yep. as well to really help people it, like you and definite, uh, your def- definitely, yeah, it definitely helps. Indeed, the, the yeah, indie games definitely need you, you, you players. Yeah, definitely. And then share the games as well on forums and Discord and anywhere you are as well. Um, yep. 
Spotify as well. And this podcast, you can write a review of this podcast and share links as well if you wish. But definitely the games as well. So, well, thank you very much, Viet. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And I don't want to keep you away from playing with your daughter any longer so than necessary. Um, so, but it's been an absolute pleasure, and the very, very best of luck with uh, well, with with the future, with the future games as well. So. Yep. Thanks a lot for reminding me, and yeah, have a nice time. Bye. Thank you. You too. So that was my interview with Vit Sizzler of Charles Games, and a huge thank you to Vit for joining me as well. And I'm looking forward to checking out Zvoboda 1945 when it is released. So um, if anybody would like to help support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Podcast. This is an independently run podcast. We pay for everything ourselves. So any help at all, if you so wish to do so, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you'd also get some early access to these episodes and uh, you can also get some bonus content such as spoiler specials with the developers. So uh, you can find out more at patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. Uh, so that is it for this week. Next week, I will be joined as always by Thomas and Laura, where we will be reviewing, amongst other games, Gone Home and The Hand of Glory, plus anything else we were able to play. Uh, in the meantime. So until then, uh, have a great week, everyone. Thank you. Bye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you